This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. You're listening to the Top Rope Nation podcast. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Well, well, well. The wrestling podcast you just can't get rid of. Just when you thought we were gone, we're back. This is episode 80 of Top Rope Nation. I am Ryan Drosty, your host, joined here by two of my fellow professional wrestling fans to break down everything happening this Sunday at WWE TLC. We're going to talk the latest news in pro wrestling. And uh, like I said, it's been a while since we have been with you, so we appreciate you guys tuning in, whether you are on YouTube, topropenation.com, Podbean, iTunes, wherever wrestling podcasts are found. And uh, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. It'll help us out. It'll help us grow the audience. And we can do this thing more frequently once again. So, like I said, I'm Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. And I am joined here by my usual co-host, Mr. Justin Joint, all the way across town here in Iowa. Justin, what's going on lately? It's been a while. Yeah, not much. Just uh, doing everything I can to avoid uh, pro wrestling (laughs) on Mondays. (laughs) One of the reasons it's been a while since we've been presenting a show is that the WWE product, I think we could all agree, has been a little lackluster. Kyle is not with us tonight. He's been texting us, Justin. He has had a lot to say about the quality of WWE, which has kind of surprised me because Kyle Ross, our usual third man here on the show, is usually a pretty big WWE defender. He always has kind of a, a positive spin to put on the show, but man, he has been really negative. Has that surprised you, Justin? Yeah, and kind of to amend your statement, it's more uh, his opinion is normally the exact opposite of ours. So <laughs> since we're both down on it, you, we would have assumed he was big on it. Yeah, but I think he he texted us tonight about WWE is trash and I don't have anything to say. <laughs> so <laughs> did not expect that. So Kyle Ross, he'll be back with us um, soon. Kyle is uh, working his other gig tonight. Covering the NFL, doing a sports betting thing. So uh, in in Kyle's spot, I reached out to a fellow co-worker of mine from comicbook.com. You may know him also from 24-7 Sports down there in Nashville, Tennessee. Connor Casey, welcome to the show. What's going on tonight? What's up, Ryan? Sorry for uh, Kyle's absence from this show. Uh, unfortunately, I am not a defender of WWE, so bring on the negativity. <laughs> This could get negative pretty soon. I, I'm going to try not to do that because I want people to stay tuned in. But, I mean, there's a lot to complain about with you the know, product lately. They're saying it on the show that it's bad. They're like, 
look, we know this is bad, so we're just going to have Seth come out and say it flat out. Yeah. Like, I played that, raw, that bit from Raw where it just says, Raw sucks, Raw has sucked. I'm like, I'm going to save this for a rainy day. <laughs> I know I'm going to need this again. And then this week, they once again beat the record that they set the previous week of the lowest viewership in Raw history. Just as they're saying the show sucks, people tune out. What do you know? So yeah, Funny how that works. Right out of the WCW playbook. So uh, despite that, guys, I got to say, I mean, we have a, what is it, 12-match show advertised for TLC this Sunday. So they actually do have some compelling matches on the card. It's just that the the storylines have been kind of lackluster on TV recently. I mean, would you guys agree in the ring this could be a pretty good show? Justin, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. This is a, a really loaded show. Um it, it's, hell, it's the size of a WrestleMania, which is what actually I'm really interested to see uh, how many end up on the pre-show. And I got to assume one or two of these matches, there's just going to be something funky or, you know, like maybe it just doesn't happen at all. Somebody gets attacked or something like that. But it, there's no way that all these uh, get the uh, appropriate time that uh, that they look like they deserve. Yeah. I was thinking that up too, you know, uh, when I was typing up the card on a recent article over at Comic Book, and I'm like, geez, 12 matches. I mean, I know they have the four hour time slot, but they got to put a couple on the pre show, I would think for sure. Uh, like the mixed, max, mixed match challenge finals for sure. It's going to be on the pre show. And I, I guess I didn't, it's four hours. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think all the shows are four hours now, ever since they went to the combined. And they haven't been filling them up entirely though in recent months i don't think i since they did that like some of them have gone like three hours and 45 three hours and 40 but uh yeah they're yeah i'm pretty sure i don't think i'm i don't think i'm mistaken on that i think they're all starting an hour earlier than they were previously so not just the big four anymore so uh they, they have the time but still we're talking at 12 matches how many wasn't mania like 13 matches or something like that 13 or 14 yeah yeah so it's a stack card. We'll go through them. We'll give our predictions, uh, previewing predictions on all the matches here in just a moment. Um, since, like I said, since we've been off the air the last couple of weeks, uh, some of that has to do with scheduling conflicts. It's kind of hard to get all three of us together anymore. Uh, all of us are playing the dad life these days. Um, I had a second child born a little over a month ago now, and so I've been scrambling with the two kids. So it's been it's been tough to produce a podcast, but uh, I would like to be doing this on the regular again. So I want to reach out to the fans. You know, we do get a good amount of downloads every show, but we don't seem to hear from you guys that much. So if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out at Top Rope Nation. I'm going to read some tweets here on the air a little later when we're talking about the TLC matches. We heard some from some people earlier and what they're looking forward to on the show but uh yeah let us know what you think of the show at top rope nation like i said on the intro if you leave us a review on itunes we'll read it on the air helps us just get the word out tell your friends if you like the show you know we got some good supporters out there who we always hear from our guy kyle out there in the northeast not kyle ross but kyle r same initials uh i know trish always tunes in down in uh texas mr Derek Chopel, who we haven't had on the show in quite a while memphis tennessee we got to get him back on here but uh yeah we love hearing from you guys so reach out so uh connor and justin last week it was last wednesday on his 60th birthday i wanted to talk about this uh tom billington the dynamite kid passed away i think it's been no secret that he's been in pretty poor health over the last few years but still it was it was sad to hear about his death obviously iconic wrestler from the 80s 
everyone i mean i the first time i was introduced to him was in the wwf in the british bulldogs days but that was the tail end you know of his career and you really have to go back and see his work in japan to really appreciate what a talent he was and even earlier than that in stampede wrestling so i kind of wanted to throw it to you both of you and ask you what's your earliest memories of the dynamite kid um as he got older did you reach out to try to get a hold of some of those Japan matches? I mean, what are your thoughts? Connor, let me throw it to you first. Well, I'll show my age here. Um, I didn't start watching wrestling until 03. So I missed all of Dynamite Kid's career. So when the passing occurred, I was, I, you know, I, I did what anyone would do. I hopped on YouTube, looked up some of his stuff from Japan, the Tiger Mask matches. Um, and it really just showed how much of an influence he was to basically an entire generation of wrestlers. Um, I saw so many tweets from people, especially United Kingdom wrestlers, who just said, this was the guy that I based my entire career around in terms of how do I move and operate in a ring. And you can really tell that he was you know, one of the innovators in a time when you know, WWE was this land of the giants. This guy was running around at 5'8", but he, you know, he looked like a tank, but he moved seamlessly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, you can talk about the stuff that, you know, he went through outside the ring, but as a wrestler, purely, you know, one of the greats, you know, someone you have to bring up, especially when you look at that decade. Yeah, definitely. Well said, Justin. He's certainly one of the biggest innovators and uh, probably one of the few that you can go back and look at his prior to WWE stuff and it would really hold up to the wrestling that is still going on in Japan today. But I, I was kind of with Connor. I, I didn't, well, I guess I'm, I must be a little bit older than him, but I didn't see him until, uh, uh, the bulldogs. And then he was well past his prime beaten up. And, uh, I've heard stories about how they kind of put him in the tag team because he couldn't do a lot. And Davey boy did most of the wrestling. So I, he didn't really do much for me until later on until, you know, you start hearing like, how great he was. And that's when you go back and check out some of his stuff with like a uh, tiger mask in J Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't really know what drew me into seeking out those matches. So I remember like tape trading back in like the late nineties, early two thousands. And when I started getting into that whole scene, I know like one of the first things I was trying to do is seek out Japanese dynamite kid matches. And I had, I knew about them at that point in time, you know, I was like still in high school, but I, I want to say maybe just listening to like Meltzer's old Iata show <laughs> that he used to do with Alvarez, like originally way back when, and they, they would always talk about him, uh, you know, and then I heard Benoit, you know, he was Benoit's hero. Everyone knows that story. That's where Benoit got the, uh, the diving headbutt from. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard that uh, dynamite, you know, kind of advised him to not use the move because it had messed him up so much, but continued using it. We know what happened there. But uh, yeah, I, I was going to write a feature article on him for comic book. And then it'd been a couple days since his death. And it seemed like everyone had already done it on all the other sites. So I never wrote it. But I had an idea on my head where I thought you could almost look at his career from kind of like how you would look at NFL head coaching, where they always talk about like the coaching trees of guys, you know, like the wrestling career tree of the dynamite kid and like all the guys he's influenced over the years. Because in some ways, if you look at the early 80s, it was kind of like one of the first modern wrestlers, you know, the undersized guy that was super athletic that would kind of shock the audience with what he was doing at the time. And when, yeah, when you see what he was doing over in Japan with 
in particular tiger mask just great stuff so uh, i did want to say i i pulled it from my bookshelf if you guys i don't know if either of you ever read this but uh, i'm going to show it on youtube here pure dynamite his autobiography i think it came out in like 01 i bought this right when it came out it's not real thick it's a it's a pretty easy read it's like right at 200 pages one of the best wrestling biographies i've ever read autobiographies i should say really really good one of my favorite ones so that's definitely worth checking out if you guys have never read that either you read it before no I, i've heard it's pretty honest about how uh he has a reputation of being a bit of a dick behind the scenes oh yeah <laughs> well if you've read mick foley's book um yeah. i think foley's like second ever match uh was as a job guy against the bulldogs and uh like Connor, maybe you can help me, but didn't dynamite like dislocate his jaw or something like, like it was a really gruesome injury. I think Foley I'm talks about seeing like that. Yeah. Foley talks about like eating through a straw or something for like a month after that, because he got so messed up. And I guess they had, they, uh, you know, he still respected the guy cause he looked up to him and years later they had a pretty good relationship, but he wasn't much of a fan of, of the dynamite kid at that time. I, I don't think, but, uh, that's an interesting story. That's in there. His backstage fight with Jacques Rougeau's in there. Uh, he's really honest about, uh, steroid use and in, in Calgary when he first got into that. So yeah, it's, it's a, on, as far as like the 1980s era, it's one of the best biographies I think you can read. So worth checking out. Rest in peace to Dynamite Kid, you know, one of the most influential wrestlers of that generation for sure. Um, other thing making the news lately is uh, some comments on Twitter. I think this will get us talking. Jimmy Jacobs, uh, former Ring of Honor tag team champion. Uh, a lot of people know him from being on the WWE creative team in recent years. Uh, he lost that job and he showed back up in Ring of Honor briefly. Now he's working on the uh, Impact Wrestling creative team. And uh, he's a good follow on Twitter, always has some thoughts on what's going on in, on the modern scene, but he got everyone talking this week. Uh, he was responding to a tweet from Brian Alvarez, uh, Figure Four Weekly, and uh, he said, quote, writing a three-hour wrestling TV show every single week is fucking hard. And that was in response to Alvarez talking about how Raw has been garbage lately. And he got a lot of flack for, for, for those comments because, yes, they do have an entire creative team. Um, yes, we acknowledge it is hard to write a three-hour show every single week, plus two hours of SmackDown, plus the pay-per-views. I'm sure it's a, it's a massive undertaking. Um, but they do have a pretty big staff, so I think that's why he got a lot of pushback on that. So when you heard about these comments, guys, um, did you agree with the perspective that Jimmy Jacobs had? Or were you agreeing more with the fans or Alvarez were kind of going after him for what he said? What do you think, Connor? I, you know, I don't get into Twitter fights much anymore. Had a, had a few bad ones in college and learned from it. Um, but I had, a, I had a response locked and loaded ready for him. And it was, to quote Don Draper, that's what the money is for. This is a job and you do it and you are hired to take on this workload and be able to do it to the best of your ability. And if you can't, get somebody who can. This is a billion-dollar company. They have the means to go out and hire talented writers that can handle this kind of workload. Now, obviously, it doesn't help that you know you can have this massive staff, but if one particular 70-year-old guy doesn't like it, you got to throw the whole thing out and try again, usually with not enough time. But yeah, it's a hard job, but it's a job, and you got to do it. And if you don't, leave and 
bring somebody in who can. Right. You know, it's, I, I don't have much sympathy for that. You know, you know, what's hard having to sit through it. You and I <laughs> sit through SmackDown, you know, once a week, you know, myself and Jack Snodgrass and their comic book writer, we sit through three hours of raw every week. I'll be honest. If I wasn't doing this for a job, I wouldn't watch all of raw every week. I would watch the YouTube clips. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't have to do it, but yeah, it's, I, I get that it's hard. I just don't have the sympathy for it that, you know, some, I saw some people kind of come to his aid, but I understood the backlash that he got from that statement. Yeah, definitely. I think you've just ensured a second appearance on top rope nation with your madman reference. Love madman. Re retire the podcast. We're never topping that. <laughs> that, that I love it. Madman quote. This is awesome. You, you fit right in Connor. Awesome. Quote right there. Yeah. Justin, what do you think? Um, it's just for me, it's one of those 50, 50 things. I think anytime where your job is to be creative, there's going to be lulls. I mean, you talk to any writer and there, a lot of the times you just look at a blank page trying to, you know, figure out what to do. Um, I agree that they have the money that they should be able to fix that problem. But also at the same time, you got to look at what raw has gone through, uh, you know, losing Sammy, losing, Kevin Owens losing Roman Reigns through faults of their own, having a world champion that shows up at pay-per-views or once every month. And when he does show up, he just jumps around. So it's hard to expect a lot from December shows. Uh, but maybe this is all just, we should give props to WWE for beating us down so hard that, <laughs> that we forgive them for putting out crap. Yeah, they're they're clearly in that kind of lull period of the year where you're just waiting for the rumble build up and everything to get going for WrestleMania. But uh I mean it's such a time commitment these days, like Connor was saying, to follow this company that you kind of want that respect for your audience to at least put something compelling on TV. And it does show that Vince is pretty out of touch when someone like Baron Corbin is so heavily featured on raw, like nobody wants to see that. <laughs> like You can't get rid of Baron Corbin. Just like you can't get rid of this podcast. We might've been gone for a few weeks. We're back. You can't get rid of us. Just like you can't get rid of Baron Corbin on raw. You know, and here's, here's my thing about the argument is, you know, you made some great points just now in, in that. Yeah. They're kind of in a lull. They're in a crappy situation, especially with how the raw roster is set up right now and who's healthy and who isn't. I mean, help Finn wasn't even able to be on the show this week because he was sick. Um, but when your argument is just it's hard, you're not going to get any sympathy for that. If he had given like, look who's injured, look who's still available, and look what's coming, you know, a week from now we're talking about the WrestleMania buildup. And we'll be doing that for four months. That's the same mindset there. You know, give a better argument. If you just say it's hard, you just sound like you're complaining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get a paycheck like everybody else. <laughs> I mean, you got to do your job. They get paid handsomely. Yeah. So I sometimes I just feel like they make it too hard, too. You know, like good wrestling doesn't have to be super complex. Now, I realize they're working with a limited roster since the brand split. That's a whole nother story, because honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the brand split. I wasn't at the time. I'm still not. Um, 
See, yeah, they do have a limited amount of matches they could present every week. I get that. And they're kind of stuck in that regard. But man, I mean, sometimes when wrestling is at its best, it's just super simple. So I don't know. Maybe that maybe there's some overthinking going on. Yes, the stuff with Vince, where like Connor said, he's gonna rip up the show a couple hours beforehand and rewrite the whole thing. I'm sure that's not easy. But I mean, yeah, it's not one person. Like I think there were some challenges on Twitter. Like, if you don't like it, you know, come up with a better raw on your own and it's like well nobody does it on their own they have an entire writing they have a room full of people that do it it's not one guy writing the show unless it's vince you know tearing up everything so no it it was it was an interesting argument to follow and i did say i did think that uh jimmy jacobs was pretty respectful to people though that you know disagreed with them he had some good conversations going back and forth with the fans and uh you know he didn't call anyone too much of an idiot or anything like that so yeah it it was a good dialogue so um before we get to TLC one other kind of current events topic uh, we we're just talking about this off air so the rumors kind of persist that Dwayne Johnson the rock could be coming back for WrestleMania now we have known about this for months and uh, originally reportedly the plan was he would wrestle Roman Reigns and that's obviously out the window at this point so there's been talk that Rock could come back and wrestle Brock Lesnar, perhaps, you know, a rematch of SummerSlam 02 from 16 years ago. Now, I don't know about you guys. If The Rock does come back and if it's him versus Brock Lesnar, that doesn't really do much for me at this point. I would have been interested in a Rock Roman Reigns match, and I do want to see The Rock come back. I don't know. Some people really criticize that. I. I don't know how you would not want to see the guy come back. He's such a massive star. I mean, it's good for WWE to have him involved and associated with the product. Um, should he be in the main event? You know, that I don't know. He, he's such a big star, you almost are forced to put him in the main event, maybe. Um, should he be the world champion? Yeah, probably not. But, uh, you know, if it was a match against Roman Reigns and it was for the title, I guess I could, I could get on board with that. But Rock versus Brock. Justin, is that something that interests you? Yeah, no. <laughs> I think you should come back with uh, Batista and they could form a tag team, the, the Hollywood Balds. Ooh. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. You know, if this if this was the only topic we were talking about on this show, I totally would have made that like the graphic on YouTube, the Hollywood Balds, those two. Get the old font from the Hollywood Blondes era. That would be... I think I'm going to have to do... We have a section on our YouTube page where it's like Top Rope Nation hot takes. I think I'm going to make a separate audio file just of that so I can create that graphic, Justin Joint. Awesome. <laughs> Connor, what, what do you think about a, a rock return and an opponent like Brock Lesnar? Man, ever since the Roman announcement, I have just taken every idea I had for me and just thrown it out because you knew it, it started there and would work its way down. That's usually how they make those cards. Um, with Rock, you know, I was always hesitant to believe any rumor that he was coming back because the last time they wrestled, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And you know that studios that have him signed for movie deals, which, I mean, I don't know what he's working on right now, but I'm sure he's got multiple projects lined up. Uh, they're not going to be happy if he comes up with a torn peck or a torn quad, you know, from working a 15 minute match and suddenly filming has to be delayed. Yeah. That's a lot of money out of a lot of people's pockets. Um, if he does, if he still comes back, even without Roman, Justin, I'll do you one better. Instead of the Hollywood balls, I'd have Batista face the rock. I like it. 
and have it be kind of a well because Batista was going to face Triple H. They kind of hinted at that at SmackDown 1000. Uh, now Triple H is out with his injury. Um, you've got these two huge stars. You know, put them together, have them just you know go at it for 12 minutes. It may not be a great match, but people are going to watch. And I can't. You know, there's a ton of ways you can try to sell that. I like that better than Batista Triple H, honestly. And I know the Batista Triple H tease got people talking a lot on SmackDown 1000, and that'd be decent too. But I like the story behind that one because yeah. there's so much history there, and a lot of it's a lot of fun because that evolution angle, especially with him, was you know when I first started watching was around that time. So I love that whole six year long era of just them slowly building it up and then paying it off, and then those three back to back matches they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, only the hell in a cell that I still love that match. I think it's underrated. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, you know, you know, just matching them up, you know, purely, you know, physically, it's not a, it's not very compelling, especially how, how these recent triple H matches have looked. Yeah. I would I, say the, the return of Batista, you know, I want to see both of them back, but the Batista return is probably, I anticipate that one more than the rocks return. I wanted to see Batista back for a long time, and it was just mind-boggling that they refused to do it for so long because this guy was so open about how he wanted to come back to WWE for years. He's in the biggest franchise in the world right now. Yeah. They don't want anything to do with him. It's like, did he say something to Vince backstage that pissed him off? I don't know. It never That never made sense to me. I feel like some of it's like a, a weird pride thing maybe with Vince because – if you listen to like the talk about his last return with WrestleMania 30 and everything, supposedly WWE was like kind of condescending about his role in guardians coming up and that they didn't think it was going to be like a very big deal at all. No, not at all. So like admitting he became a big star because of that. And the movie became huge is like them admitting they were way wrong about it. And maybe that plays into it. I don't know, but uh, (laughs) it's, but it has been, pretty head scratching like why they've refused to bring this guy back and he got a, a really good reaction from the crowd so i think there's a lot of people out there that feel like we do that that was one of the returns they were really anticipating so yeah if he's not used in some capacity this year i'll be amazed oh yeah for sure did you guys see that youtube video they put out like behind the scenes of his smackdown 1000 return now what do you do they followed him like from the set he was on up in toronto i think down to dc like all the backstage footage on the private jet that they chartered to get him to SmackDown, right out to his return and then like back to the set again that's worth watching if you didn't see it it's on the wwe youtube channel but uh yeah quite the day i mean he started out filming that morning in toronto oh. and made SmackDown that night in dc so oh. I, I tell you, one of my highlights of the year for WWE television was just the look on his face when he's starting to do the machine gun pose thing and he realizes there's no pyro. Yeah. So, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Budget cuts, man. Oh, my Budget God. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, should we go right into this WWE TLC car, guys? I'm going to pull it up here on the iPad. Um, like we were saying, I... I haven't been a big fan of the storylines, but I do think some of these matches will deliver. Um, the first one on my list, and this is right off WWE.com. I got to say, this is one I'm not really anticipating that much to start off with, but it's the Mysterio Randy Orton chairs match that they added this week to the card. Uh, I, maybe you guys do. I don't have any deep thoughts on this one. Um, Connor, anything? Justin? 
No. <laughs> Headshake. Yeah, nothing, mate. I just, when I saw they announced it, I was like, I've not understood anything about this Randy Orton push. I just feel like he's been around the company for so long. It's like they feel obligated to give him some sort of spot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's no real story behind it. And it's like, are you honestly looking forward to him beating the beating the tar out of Mysterio for 15 minutes? Not really. <laughs> Yeah, Connor, I know you've heard the show a few times in the past, but we once put together a show that was called The People versus Randy Orton. So we are oh, not the biggest no. Randy Orton fans on this broadcast. So okay. yeah, no, I'm not I'm not anticipating it that much. I think Orton's gonna win. That's my pick. Assume Connor, that's your pick then from what you said. Yeah, might as well. Justin. I'll go Ray Mysterio just to be contrarian. <laughs> might as well. Uh, I didn't mention, by the way, everyone that listens knows we partner up with WrestleRumble.com. They do the contest every month. Uh, We usually give away a free entry to WrestleRumble, and you can win real money by predicting the shows. They are not doing um, an entry for TLC. I looked it up before the show. They are doing Royal Rumble, though. They're already getting people signed up for that. So as we get closer to Royal Rumble, We'll mention Wrestle Rumble again. We'll give out a free entry here on the show, so keep tuning in. But uh, check them out at WrestleRumble.com. Uh, so the next match, this one's almost certainly going to be on the pre-show. This is the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge. We got R-Truth and Carmella taking on Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Um, when you look at those two teams, guys, this one would seem pretty obvious, I would think, that... Uh, Truth and Carmella are going to win since they're the only ones that get much TV time or in important TV time. I mean, they gave Carmella a shirt recently, so they think highly enough of her to merchandise her on WWShop.com. I got to think that's the team that's going to win. What are your takes, Justin? Uh, most importantly, I couldn't care less. <laughs> the one thing that is interesting about it is uh, the winning team gets the 30th entrance into the Royal Rumble. Um. So that makes me kind of lean towards Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox just because, well, Jinder has gotten a pretty big-sized push before, but uh, I, either way, it doesn't matter. They're not winning. the <laughs> Nobody nobody in these uh, two teams are going to win the Royal Rumble. So, Yeah. Connor. The most interesting thing about this match is listening to people who have sources inside the company talk about just how much of a cluster this mix max challenge has been it from all accounts it's they're making it up as they go you look at all the teams and how they've had to swap people in and out um at one point there was a team of braun Strowman and alexa bliss and somehow they both were taken out at some point replaced with other people um i don't understand why they've kept the stipulation of the rumble thing um, it feels like you're putting a ton of value suddenly on something that is very haphazard and you don't seem to be caring all that much about. Mm-hmm. Um, the vacation bit, the fact that they get to go on a 30-day uh, vacation, I think that sets up for a lot of fun segments with R-Truth and Carmella in front of just some terrible green screen pretending to be on a beach <laughs> or in the mountains or something, just for some comedy. Because R-Truth makes everybody laugh. I, I still love the guy. Um, so I'll go with I'll go with Truth and Carmella just so we get segments like that. Yeah, I mean and, that's that's my thought too. And on the Rumble thing, I've heard people pitch this, and I I'm going to steal it because I love it. You have Truth come out in the women's Rumble, thinking it's he's got the spot, 
And Carmella's just like, truth, truth, this is the wrong one. But he goes, my bad. And then you just, you don't see him again for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I guess, again, that's my thought is they have the dance break thing. You know, they're the only ones really used much on TV. So that's why I would think they would win. But the Royal Rumble thing, yeah, it does kind of throw it off a little bit. I feel like that just takes away from the surprise of the Rumble a bit because, you know, everyone is is waiting for those surprise entrances. And when you get down to number 30, it's like the last shot. And everyone's thinking, who's it going to be? If you know, if it's our truth, big, big freaking deal. So. But- Think about the last couple of years who they've put at 30. It's always kind of been a letdown. Yeah. Somebody on the roster. Yeah, that's true. And last year, I think it was Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I guess it's just the hope that, you know, it'll be someone good. It usually isn't, though. It'll be Kenny Omega. It won't be, but no. Hope it will be. Yeah. Uh, God, that's a whole other topic. We could talk about the elite pro wrestling rumors. We'll have to do that next week. We'll do a whole show on that, man. Yeah, I'll do that one next week. Um, All right. This one will be a hell of a match. Cruiserweight championship match. Murphy defending against Cedric Alexander. I think everyone, we're always pretty high on Buddy Murphy on this show. And Alexander. Should be a good one. I would like to see this one be on the main show. uh, Just because they tend to always have a chance at stealing the show when they are. And they deserve the audience that comes with being on the main show. Uh, As far as a winner goes here, you know, Murphy's had it for a while. I could see a title change. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Murphy though. Start with the Connor first. What are your thoughts on this? I'll go Murphy. It seems like they're building up a story with Tony Nice. You've got Mustafa Ali sitting there, just being like, "Well, that can be the face of this show, you know, and just be everybody's favorite baby face if you just let me." Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed that, especially with that br- match against Brian on Tuesday. Um. Yeah, I think they give it to. I think they let Murphy keep this and let him have a good run. I mean, Cedric had it for a good chunk of this year. I don't think them going right back to it does anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, Justin. Yeah, I think Connor kind of hit it. Uh, I love both these guys. Uh, I think I think you just keep building up Buddy Murphy to eventually uh, pass it on to Mustafa Ali. Yeah, especially yeah, like you were saying, especially with what happened on SmackDown this week. That's that's the natural progression. So uh, the latter match, Elias and Bobby Lashley could care less about this match. <laughs> Has any, have you guys pointed out the, 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 the part that makes no sense about this match is, let me ask you this. What do you think hurts more, getting hit in the head with a guitar that's made of balsa wood or getting hit in the head with a metal industrial ladder? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You're fighting on top of one to get the other. Yeah. It's like we can beat the hell out of you with the ladder first, and it doesn't really matter. Um, man, I don't know. I it's not like it really even matters who wins this match. Uh, you'd see it going either way. I guess I'll go with Lashley since he's been getting the push lately, and Elias has to take the shot with his own guitar. I don't know, Justin, <laughs> throw it to you. <laughs> yeah, I Lashley with some. Leo Rush ladder shenanigans thrown in or something. All right. Connor? You know, I'm going with a lot of heels on this show, so I'll give it to Elias. Okay. And may- maybe it's, Ru- it's Rush that takes the guitar shot as opposed to Bobby. Yeah. It totally sounds like something Kyle Ross would say on these preview shows. He always kind of balances out the heels and, and the faces. That's, well, that's a good point. texting him this whole time. He's been telling me all of his picks. <laughs> he's like, dude, you, you need to just mirror what I'm going to say here. You got my spot on the show, man. Um, 
All right. Balor, who's hopefully feeling better now, taking on Drew McIntyre. You know, based on what you just said with the heel face dynamic, how many have I chose here? Um, heel, heel, face, heel. There are no heels or faces in wrestling, Ryan. Haven't yeah. you heard Cody Rhodes' rant about this? <laughs> That's why the show is so damn hard to write because there's no <laughs> heels and faces anymore. Um, I think, man, you know, I don't want to disappoint resident Finn Balor, Mark, Justin Joint here. But, uh, God, I'm leaning towards McIntyre here. What do you think about that, Justin? I think Finn Balor is going to get squashed. Ooh, a squash. Man, reality, reality striking. It's amazing the use of Finn Balor. We we talk a lot about this on the show. Kyle always gives me and Justin crap because we're we're big on Finn Balor and think he's really been underutilized. What's what are your thoughts on Finn Balor, Connor? Man, I love Finn, and I think there's so much more you could do with him. Um, I wrote today for Comic Book. He did an interview with Sam Roberts that um, he has honestly forgotten how to do most of the demon stuff. Because he does it, he he he's done it once in the last year. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I barely do it. So I've forgotten how to like get all the little mannerisms down, like mannerisms down, like I had in uh, had in NXT where I brought it out at every takeover. Yeah. Um. You know, there's there's a ton you can do with that. You can you know give him more than just I'm the handsome smiling baby face that's just gonna smile at the crowd and do the hand thing <laughs> when I walk out. Like just there's more you could do. They and they just don't. They just choose not to, and I can't help but wonder if there's still some resentment after that initial injury. Yeah, if they're just afraid to be like, "Look, we're not going to. We're afraid to give you other opportunities because last time we did that, it bit us in the butt." It's it's so bizarre that they put him in that position, though. Like the first Universal Champion, they they obviously had faith in him at that point. They didn't know he was going to get injured, you know. To what's happened with the injury and then coming back and how he's become such a, a non-player, they really could have capitalized on you know the fact that he didn't have a chance with that title run. And they've mentioned it here and there and kind of hinted at going with something along those lines, but they never really capitalize on it like they should. And this is a guy whose entire character is perfectly cut out for the WWE machine with the whole look and the demon thing and like the larger than life character. That's exactly what they like. The fans love the guy. We've, we've talked about this story a lot on uh, on the show in the past, but you know, Justin, when you were in New Orleans, WrestleMania weekend, that Finn Balor sweatshirt you had, I mean, on Bourbon Street, that got more reactions than any wrestling shirt that I saw that weekend, other than maybe the Rusev Day shirts, you know? Like, the fans love him, despite the fact that they've done nothing with him now for a couple of years. I I don't get it. I think he's probably losing here. I do like McIntyre. I see, I think, I think he's got a really good future um, as a top guy in WWE. You know, ever since that TNA run he had, man, I, this guy has become an awesome big man in wrestling. And I, I am a big fan of his. But I I hate to see Finn Balor just tossed to the scrap heap constantly. That's a mistake. I, I have McIntyre winning. There's there's a ton of momentum behind him. If he's not world champion in a year within the next year, something horrible has happened. This dude is just – he's got the perfect look. Mm -hmm. He looks like a – he looks like you're trying to wrestle a stone wall. It's huge. And when he kicks you, it looks like you just got hit by a car. Yeah. So and his promos have improved. You know, he's just he just exudes all this confidence. 
you know, yeah. and it's, it's a, it's, it is a highlight of raw, honestly, for me, you know, now that he's not constantly just standing next to Dolph looking tough. Yeah. I, I think he wins this one. Yeah. Agreed. All right. The tables match Natalia and Ruby riot. Um, obviously this came about because Natalia got put through the table a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, I don't have any deep thoughts on this one either. Uh, maybe when we get higher up the card, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, but, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I'll go with Natalia here justin um i think ruby riot winning would be the most interesting outcome okay connor you can't you can't have natalia go through a table that has the fat head of her dead father out you know stamped on top of it that's just morbid yeah <laughs> so natalia wins i mean yeah i guess yeah i'll go with natalia the heel face thing there's a face winning um all right smackdown tag titles you know this one could be a really good match the bar new day the usos now i mean i like all these guys it's uh so repetitive we've talked on the show before it would be so great if we had one tag team championship going back and forth we don't we get the same matches constantly i think it'll be a good match but it's nothing that i'm super emotionally invested in so i'm going to say the bar retains uh justin pick sure <laughs> i'll go with the bar i just can't i can't wait for uh the superstar shakeup. one of these teams they need to separate the usos and new day yes they, 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 every time they go out they put a great match but i, I need something new <laughs> and, and raw desperately needs something new in the tag division the most interesting thing that's happened with the new day lately justin has been our text conversation analyzing the tweet about poncheros from biggie did you did you see that burrito tweet he put out, Connor? Where he said he if Pancheros was somebody, he would diddle them all day or something. <laughs> it was like the video. And do you have Poncheros down in Nashville? No, not in Nashville. We yes. got that hot chicken. That's about it. Okay, so it's like it started in Iowa City. It's an Iowa burrito company. When Big E played football for the Hawkeyes, right? So we're like an hour. Me and Justin are about an hour and a half north of Iowa City. We have them here too, and I am pretty positive that that video he filmed is the Poncheros here in our town where me and Justin live That's in awesome. Waterloo Cedar Falls and they had like a week ago two weeks ago they had a WWE house show in Cedar Rapids and then they were in Minneapolis the next day so like the way the interstate works he would have had to come through town here and that's like right off the interstate. So I was texting Justin. I'm like, I am like 99% sure that's our Poncheros. And I was like comparing the outside with how it looks and stuff. And we were going like real like JFK conspiracy theory stuff on this. Like looking for all the details. It has to be this one spot. <laughs> I I think I think Justin, Justin, did you go to Poncheros this week to scope out who was working? No, I wasn't able to. I wanted to, but <laughs> Justin's like, I'm gonna have to go there this week and see if the guy working behind the counter in that video is there. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was ours, but uh no, that that's probably the most excitement I've had out of the new day li- lately. And I love the guys. It's just it's just the same thing every single week. And they're they're all good wrestlers. I think Big E's a guy kind of like McIntyre that could be a, a huge star as a big man in the company. Um, I wish he'd stop doing the spirit of the outside and chancing his career, but uh, I think it's, I think it'll be a good match. So, so I've got the bar. Who'd you guys pick? I lost my train of thought. Uh, I'll go Usos only because I think at some point they need to do something with sanity. 
So I'll, I'll put it on a face team that they can go against. And I have no idea how much longer uh, the bar is going to stick around. I mean, we keep hearing about Seamus and his health. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if they're even still a team by the next superstar shakeup. Yeah. The thing that gives me some pause on this is I did read the report that like several titles might change hands at TLC and I haven't picked any to change yet, but I don't know. I'll stay with the bar. Um, maybe this next one I think might be a title, a title change. So this is the SmackDown women's championship match. Becky against Charlotte against Asuka. I do think Becky's going to lose the title here. If, if those reports are true that they're, they're switching some titles. I think this is one to look at. Um, you know, they could, if they put the belt on Asuka, they could obviously like replenish her character a bit. She still has a lot of popularity. I just don't see them doing that. The natural order here would be the belt going back to Charlotte with Becky going after her. So I'm going to go Charlotte Flair winning the title here. Uh, Connor, let me go to, first to you this time. I'll go with Asuka. I think her involvement in this match was a way to keep Becky from, you know, losing without, you know, looking weak in the process. Um, if you give it to Asuka, then they can, they've really started to lean into Charlotte being more heelish again. Mm -hmm. And I think giving it back to Asuka, Charlotte can just lose it over that and pursue her. Meanwhile, Becky can concentrate on the rumble. You know, all, all signs really point to her going after Ronda come mania. And the only way, way you can do that right now is to have her win the Royal Rumble. So this is how, this is how you set that up. Because I don't think a champion versus champion match will happen. Yeah. As Kyle would say, good take. Good take. Justin. Yeah, I think you guys summed it up pretty well. Um, I don't think there's any chance that both of the women champions walk out with their belts uh, from this show. So uh, I will go with uh, Asuka, who, who gets great responses from the crowd when I don't think the people in the back quite expect it. Man, you guys are swaying me towards Asuka now. I'm thinking about changing. Oscar, dude. Get, up, get on the Asuka train. I mean, I like Asuka a lot. Me and Justin at Mania were dumbfounded when she lost that match clean. <laughs> to in, in like 12 minutes with yeah. a one-legged figure eight. What, what the hell was that? I, I think we looked at each other and just said WTF. I'm, I'm pretty sure. But I, don't, I actually have never gone back and watched it on the network. Just, just it, what I saw live. But It doesn't. Like, I was sitting next to Jack. And, Jack Snodgrass from comic book. Uh, we were sitting next to each other on the couch watching it. And I was like, she's going to get out of this. And, you know, this, you know, try to make a comeback immediately taps out. And I'm just like, well, shows what I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it shows how good Asuka is. I mean, the fans have stayed with her all year, despite after that, she was booked so bad. And she's still, you know, there was the report out that they put her in this match when Vince, saw the reaction she got when Becky was choosing her replacement. We talked about that on our last show, I think. I think it was right before Survivor Series about how when Becky went through who she was going to pick to face Ronda, Asuka easily got the biggest reaction, like more than Charlotte. So I could see him, but I could definitely see them putting the title on Asuka. Um, it's still like, I still want to be a pessimist though and feel like, God, do they really trust her with it? You know, and that's why I'm still leaning towards Charlotte. I'm going to stay with Charlotte, but I would not be shocked if oscar got it so that'll just lead us right into the raw women's match just go right to that one so nia Jax challenging ronda rousey um 
<laughs> going to keep the belt on Rousey here, I think. Uh, they've they've done what they can to capitalize on Nia with her injury she caused on Becky Lynch, among several injuries during her time here on the main roster. But I don't see them putting the title on her. I don't think she's the person to beat Ronda, even if it is through some shenanigans. So, uh, yeah, definitely going with Ronda on this one. Mr. Joint. Yeah, same. Ronda Rousey. I, I, I was I was tempted to go with Nia Jax since uh, she's getting some pretty good uh, heel heat since she bopped uh, Becky Lynch. But I, I just don't see him ending Ronda Rousey's reign to Nia Jax. Yeah. Connor. This match should not go more than a minute. This should be a judo throw armbar tap. It it dawned on me since we're coming up on the Rumble next month, it's actually will be a full year that we've had Ronda Rousey in the company. And you think about where she was when we, when she first walked in and how that was just this huge headline grabbing, you know, story. And when she started showing up every week, you know, it's a good counter to, you know, their other uh, MMA star who also wrestles. Um, who never shows up. Uh, but at the same time, the specialness of her, you know, competing started to wane the more and more she just showed up to either beat somebody up or cut a promo. Um, you need to get, I, I want to see them get her momentum closer to where it was, you know, when she was building up to that mania match and demolishing somebody like Naya quickly. You know, it's the same way that she got famous in the UFC was that, yeah, she was charismatic and she was in movies, but she was also knocking people out or making them tap in record time. Um, and this is how you kind of play off of that. And, you know, Naya's the kind of wrestler that, you know, the next day they can have her beat up Ember Moon and she's got all her heat back again. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing really gets hurt on her end and Ronda looks great while doing it. So why not? Yeah. Plus, with like we've been talking about, a massive card here. They got to cut some time somewhere. So I think probably more so than any other match, this one makes sense to do the quick finish. So I agree. I I really agree with that take there. So yeah, we're all going with Ronda. And that will lead us into Braun Strowman and Baron Corman, who we mentioned earlier in the TLC match. So I have to bring this up. I've been thinking about it all week, Justin. Do you recall conversation me and you and Kyle had on the show? when they turned Braun Strowman heel and how I was very vocal about how it was a terrible, terrible move. I can't, I can't remember the terminology I used. I either said that he was castrated or neutered. I can't remember what I used. Maybe you remember, but one, I used one of those terms and me and Kyle had quite the argument. And I think in recent weeks I have been proven right because Braun Strowman the momentum that he had is completely gone in my eyes. I, I don't see what we had a couple of months ago. I mean, I think, yeah, Braun's the big dude that destroys people. He's not like super versatile as a top guy. But when we look forward to WrestleMania and who should face Brock Lesnar for the title, you know, if it's not The Rock, if you look at Strowman or Rollins, it's no contest. It should be Seth Rollins. At this point, I think I think Seth is the guy that would have the momentum. I just don't see the same kind of momentum behind Strowman that we had over the summer. Um, that being said, I feel like Strowman has to get the win here. Um, so I'm going to pick him over Baron Corbin. Your thoughts, Justin? 
<sighs> I've heard a rumor that Kurt Angle's going to be there. So I could definitely, it, I'm, and I'm not convinced. Are, are we sure Braun's okay to wrestle? Well, they're I mean, still get, listing him on WWE.com. The latest report is that he can't. Um, I have an idea of how they get around that, but I'll save it for my time. Um, I I don't know. You know, as much as you kind of trashed Baron Corbin at the beginning, he doesn't bother me as much. Like I don't I don't think he's the reason that Raw has sucked lately. Um, I definitely prefer a heel general manager to a baby face. Um, so I would actually like to see Baron Corbin continue, but I see something with angle coming in or replacing, uh, Strowman to get the win here. All right, Connor. So my idea is since it's his, it's his arm, it's his elbow. That's hurt. How you do it is you have Corbin in the ring with the ladder. And he just starts, and you know, he's on the microphone. He just starts gloating the whole time that he's going to win this match by forfeit. All he has to do is climb to the top of the ladder and take the contract. Takes a sweet time doing it. Right before he reaches up to get it, you hear the brawn, you know, entrance thing. And he just freezes because that's what anyone does when they hear someone else's entrance music is they freeze and they look at the entrance ramp. <laughs> um, but oh no, brawn is coming from behind him. He sneaks up behind. You know, just throws him off the ladder, climbs up. You only need one good arm to do that and pulls down the contract. He's got a match with Brock, and he really doesn't have to wrestle between now and the Rumble in late January. You know, gives him more time to recover. This is their way. I honestly feel like this was their plan from the start because they kept mentioning, they kept having Baron say over and over, I'm winning by forfeit. This is all just a formality, you know. This isn't going to really be a match. Don't get your hopes up, guys. Mm -hmm. That's where the turn comes. And the fact that it's a ladder, it's a TLC match where all it takes is just grabbing something off of a hook doesn't necessitate a lot of physicality when you think about it. Mm -hmm. There's there's ways around it. I've heard I've heard pitches of, you know, he does it, but then the lights go out and it's Bray and it's a it's a baby face Bray Wyatt. Um, but I don't think they I think it would take a lot more finagling for them to try and incorporate him in. yeah yeah i mean if braun can go you can't have him lose to baron corbin no matter how it's done at, at this point where braun's at right now so i guess we'll see i i agree there that's a way they could work around if he is still hurt but uh and, and to work on your your point about the whole heel turn thing it's not just that it's the it's the squash match at crown jewel that just honestly took what was a, you know, what would have made him a, a wrestler of the year candidate for all the stuff he had done since January. Um, just, just be completely derailed. And you really had, yeah, if you had done it right, you had a white hot feud there for a second where it was a baby face brawn and a heel drew McIntyre for the championship. Mm -hmm. Instead, you just, you just like, Oh, skip to Brock, get off TV. <laughs> we're scared because Roman's not here. We don't know what to do. Yeah. So it just you had they had opportunity, and now I've seen the rumor that it's Brock Rollins at Mania. It's mm -hmm. a great match, but that really scares me. For what do you do with Braun? 
Yeah. This poor guy has just been sitting around this world title picture for a year now and they, they haven't pulled the trigger. I'm, I'm worried he gets to, you know, the ax starts to get stale. Yeah. Yeah. We talked, we've talked for years now on this show about Ron Stroman and we've, we've been big fans of him. Like when he was getting that initial push and everything. And we said so many times on the show that, you know, if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar, he would have been universal champion by now, but they couldn't do the They couldn't do the switch because Brock wasn't around and the belt was just on him for good. And so much of that period where Braun was so hot was just wasted. And now we're in a situation where, like you mentioned, the booking there, the booking of the heel turn, he's, his momentum is just almost completely gone. I feel like he's, he doesn't have that like special feeling he did last summer and the summer before that, to be honest. And it's just, it's too bad. They didn't strike while all the iron was hot with him. So, yeah, I guess I'm intrigued though, to see how they, Hey, how they work this, you know, with the surgery he had and everything and him coming off of that injury. So we shall see. Um, the top two matches on this card could both be match of the year contenders, depending on how they work them. You know, this is that's what we're talking about when we say this is a loaded card because we got the IC title match and then WWE championship match. Uh, I know me and Justin were talking earlier, this IC title match with Rollins and Dean. This is going to be a good one. We're looking forward to it. Um, if Seth is slated to get into that universal title picture, I think for sure he loses the title to Ambrose here and he, he kind of starts to transition into that that period as we go into the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to pick Dean Ambrose to win the Intercontinental Championship, Mr. Joint. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I've really enjoyed uh, Dean Ambrose's uh, new character quirks. Uh, obviously, Seth just had a TLC match on Monday, which, boy, what a great way to advertise a show. Imagine them doing a Hell in a Cell <laughs> match right before the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but... Anyway, that's a whole nother thing. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, hopefully they're gearing up for that Rollins championship run, which means you get the title off of them and, uh, continue on with Ambrose doing interesting stuff. Bring that universal championship home to the great state of Iowa. Mr. Joe. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what we're talking about. Connor. This, this match is kind of, it kind of encapsulates the whole show and that it's, if you, Put the story aside and just let these, if you give these two guys time and let it go, you know you're going to get a great match. It's when, and you look at the entire card and it's like, God, this is probably going to be a lot better than the shows leading up to it have been because suddenly all of the storytelling is gone and you're just left with this incredibly talented roster who have to fill four hours of wrestling content. And they're really good at that. Yeah. So when it comes, this whole Dean thing, it really feels like every week it was something new that they just wanted to throw at the wall and see what would happen. Whether it was the, you know, they're at, he's at the Sprint Center lighting his vest on fire. That was a cool visual. Why is he next to a, a car while there's a, a, a gas fire going on next to him? That, that seems dangerous. Why is he, getting, why is he having a, a segment in a doctor's office where he's getting shots in his butt? <laughs> Why is yeah. he wearing a, a bad Bane getup and telling everybody in the crowd they stink? What do these things have to do with I hate Seth Rollins? Nothing. I like the mask thing, though. I got to admit, that was pretty funny. <laughs> it, it would have been so simple. Here's the simplest way to do it. Just have him go, yeah, you know that whole you betraying me back in 2014? Yeah, I never got over that. 
And in fact, I'm kind of pissed off at everybody in this audience, and I'm pissed off at Roman that everyone did let you off the hook for this. Because I never did, and I was just waiting for the time to do it. <laughs> that would have been infinitely easier than I have a gas mask and apparently I'm a hypochondriac now. Maybe. <laughs> um, it'll be a fun match. I want Dean to win because whatever they've got planned for him, it kind of loses its steam if he loses his first real match since the turn. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So all three in unison for Dean Ambrose. All right. The main event, what I think has been the highlight of WWE television of late, which doesn't take much, but Daniel Bryan's heel turn. Phenomenal work by Daniel Bryan. His promos have been excellent. Here's the guy who's probably the most popular man in the company going into that heel turn and he's got the crowd booing the crap out of him that that is a sign of a, a tremendous pro wrestler when he can do that and he can turn the reaction that good it's funny too you know to watch him pull the whole like uh you know green party stuff with the environmentalism and get the booze it's like well everything he's saying is true but they everyone just booze the snot out of him you know uh, someone made the comment on Twitter I saw where it's like the crowd's cheering the the flat earther over the guy who believes in global warming. All right. That up yet. <laughs> I love AJ, but come on, man. Yeah. I mean, man, Daniel Bryan has been so good. Just, just when I watch Ron SmackDown, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to the most is when he comes out, he's been just amazing. Daniel Bryan. Got to give you props, my friend. Here he is right here. Here's the Mattel retro figure, Daniel Bryan. I'm going with him retaining the WWE championship. Connor? You, whether it's whether it was Ring of Honor, whether it was his like 2011, I think, when he was the when he had that first world championship run, he was a heel. Um Bryan is very, even in real life, he is just he can be very sarcastic. And he loves to play that up when he gets into his character. And I think that's why he looks like he's having so much fun when he's a heel. He just looks like he's a lot more free to just go at it in promos as opposed to setting up for another yes chance. Um, you know, I loved, I loved the Daniel Bryan versus authority angle when it was all wrapped up and finished. Um, but looking back at a lot of those promos were really just, am I going to do this? Yes. Do I like this? No. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, he's just having a, the time of his life right now. And you can tell. Um, and I, you know, the other thing I love is that a lot of times when guys turn heel or face, they don't really change up the move set. The crowd reaction is the only thing that really changes with Daniel. It's no, I'm going to start incorporating stomps like a Mokata, you know, trying to beat somebody's face into the mat. I'm not doing the running knee as much. I'm doing the heel hook and I'm tackling you from behind, take out the knee first. Like there's a viciousness to him. Yeah. That really what that it wasn't there, you know, when he was a face. So I love that. I love that aspect to it. He wins, you know, I love AJ, but dude had the title for a year. Doesn't need it right now. Um, Brian wins and I'd love to see what they have planned for him, you know, down the road. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it just doesn't make much sense to switch the title again. I mean, what was the point then in the first place? He's got to keep it. So yeah, Justin. Yeah. I think you guys uh, wrapped that up in a nice little bowl. Uh, I'll go with uh, Daniel Bryan too. The most interesting thing in WWE. 
wrapped it up in a bowl. Yeah, right, about yeah, your plans for later tonight. Put it all in there. Like, come on. <laughs> That's a Ponchero's reference. Got to come back around to the burritos. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I got to say, like we said earlier in the show, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a good show in the ring. You, these, these are the times of the month where you can put aside all the wacky storylines. Just look forward to good wrestling. Like Connor said, that's what they're good at. Putting together four hours of good professional wrestling. I think we're going to get that. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And um, we'll see if our predictions hold true, guys. So, with that said, I mean, I don't have a lot more to say. Do you guys have any final comments on TLC before we wrap this thing up? I have one thing. All right. Um, Ryan, you know, I don't know if you've taken a look at the preview yet that we're working on for comic book. It should be up tomorrow. Uh, it's not already up. Um, but Jack posed the question to both of us, and it was, what's your grade for 2018 in wrestling? And I'm curious what yours was. And Justin, I'd like to hear yours, too. What, what do you uh, The entire wrestling product, not just WWE. That's that is a really good question, and uh, yeah, I'm actually planning on adding my adding my thoughts to the the slideshow here tonight yet before bed. And uh, man, honestly, like I like New Japan a lot too, and you know whatever I can get, whether it's Progress, Ring of Honor, and going to WrestleMania with Kyle and Justin was such an awesome time. That's going to bump the year up for me a little bit, but I think New Japan has been down this year i mean they have they've had good matches but the excitement hasn't been there like in years past i think if someone was tuning into new japan for the first time this year they might kind of think like yeah what's the big deal it's not like it was last year or the year before that uh wwe with all the the injuries and what happened with reigns and stuff it's been a bit of a downer <sighs> i think if i'm thinking of a c as average I think it's been above average, but not much. I think I would probably be at the eh, C plus B minus maybe area. Justin. It's funny. Uh, Storyline, just wrestling stories. It's been a pretty atrocious year, especially when you factor in WWE. Um, the whole stop and start stuff with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and uh, the Saudi Arabia house show. That's all been bad. And I haven't watched a lot of new Japan, but I've, I've heard it's kind of lackluster um, storyline wise. I, I would say it's C minus, but I think this might be one of the greatest years for just in ring wrestling. I'd give it an A plus. I, I think I've seen some of the, best matches of my life this year all right what what did you say connor out of curiosity i went with i loved so much of what was happening outside of the main roster wwe products mm-hmm. but i hated so much of what was happening in that section that it all evened out to a c i loved all in roh put on some great shows this year final battles this friday and there's a lot of intrigue in that because if you haven't noticed Everyone who's in the elite is also in some sort of title match. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because if any of them leave with a title, then the question immediately becomes where the heck are they going? Because they've been teasing it on being the elite. They have something in mind. I'm just curious. They're just not going to tell us until it finally happens. Um, New Japan had some good shows. I 
I don't understand a lot of the hate for this year. I think it was a lot of vocal fans on social media who were fans of New Japan before, you know, pre-Wrestle Kingdom 11. Um, they've seen a lot of, you know, wrestlers from other parts of the world come in and integrate. And you've seen this attempt to kind of globalize the promotion. And I think there's been some pushback on that where it's like, God, all the, you know, take out all the white wrestlers before you put a, like a top 10 ranking of New Japan wrestlers. I'm like, guys, you know, you've got Osprey, you've got Omega, the Bucks. Uh, like there's some great guys that aren't in Japan that are in Japan right now. And that's okay. Um, you know, Dominion was great. Jericho has been a riot. I watched the G1 from start to finish for the first time this year. That They managed to build the Tongans as this really hateable old school type of heel tag team. Um, yeah, you know, just I didn't have a lot of complaints outside of the wrestling world. And there was a lot of, you know, the, we cared about an NWA World Heavyweight Championship match this year. Think about that for a second. We had a we had a show that had Ring of Honor and Impact wrestlers on a cruise ship. Like no matter how you split it, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it, and then that's not even mentioning NXT. Think of every t- Champa Gargano match we had. Think of every dream, you know, just entrance where he was some variation on Hulk Hogan. Yeah, the, the Ricochet, the Undisputed Era, the War Games match we just had. Like there was a lot of great stuff. And then you think about Raw. <laughs> you think about Reigns, and you think about how unfortunate, just tragic that leukemia diagnosis is, and how much, I mean, you guys were there. Was it as big of a train wreck, that main event, as it seemed on television? Because it, those boos were loud. Yeah, um, at Mania, yeah, the crowd was really disengaged. We, me and Justin were pretty disappointed with the crowd reaction. <laughs> a lot. The entire arena just crapping all over the last 20 minutes of a you know, six hour show, all of the Saudi Arabia stuff. And, you know, as the final twist of the knife, oh, by the way, we brought back Shawn Michaels. No real reason. We just wanted to give him a lot of money to yeah. Saudi Arabia fans. Hope you didn't care about his retirement. Yeah. Um, it just, that all just brought it down to it's a C. You know? Yeah. Greatness yeah. from everywhere else, but on the top, it was flat. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. It it is, you know, with regards to what's going on elsewhere in the wrestling world, whatever is happening on top in WWE is always gonna kind of crush that a little bit. Because I mean that's as a wrestling fan, that's what you you look forward to, and that brings you down a bit. Yeah, Justin. Uh I gotta say, I, I don't know how you guys could give a year in wrestling anything. I mean, you can't go lower than a B because we got Daniel Bryan back this year. No, that's true. God, that, but that's that's another one of those. God, that's great. But we think of how many bad raws you had to sit through this year. <laughs> think of Braun. Think yeah. of what what was Dolph Ziggler this year? I don't know. And Dean Ambrose getting shots in his butt. <laughs> I mean, that's I, kind I, of why I'm at that C plus D minus. Yeah, it's. Like NXT wise, and I don't watch a lot of the NXT television. I'll sometimes kind of binge watch it before the takeovers and the takeovers have been so good this year. Like this might be my favorite year of NXT of all time. Honestly, like I'm looking at the poster you've got behind you, Ryan. Yeah. I'm looking at some of those matches. I'm like, man, some of the stuff I've seen this year puts that to shame. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a house show. I went to two years ago, I think. Yeah. Two years ago. And I mean, that was a fun time, but man, NXT went through kind of a down period uh, around like 
just after and around that time. But man, they really picked it up this year. And I love Velveteen Dream, love the Gargano, Ciampa stuff. It's it's been really good, those takeover shows. And the takeover shows have always been good. But man, this year, I'll put those up against any of them, including like their original ones on the WWE network when NXT really started getting hot. So yeah, I think I think I am at that C plus B minus range. And unfortunately, because Raw and SmackDown kind of kind of bring that down a bit. But I mean, there's we say this on the show all the time. There's so much good wrestling out there that if you're not happy with WWE, there's been a lot to enjoy this year. And uh, we are planning on doing we usually do kind of a yearly wrap up show at the end of December, early January. Where we'll talk about like match of the year, star of the year and give all of our thoughts on that. And this is kind of a good preview of that discussion. I think this is a really good topic. And I'll probably be thinking about it between now and then and how I'll rate the year as a whole. But I really like that question. So good job, Jack Snodgrass, on that one. we got to get him back on the show. We've had him on a couple times, but it's been a while. So, all right. Well, with that being said, guys, Connor, I want to thank you for stepping in tonight for Kyle on short notice. It's been great having you on the show. Where can the uh, listeners find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Connor Casey underscore PC. Uh, Instagram handle is the same. I need to start posting on there again. I, I think I've put one photo up in three months. Um, <laughs> yeah, just uh, keep, keep it locked into there. You'll find me on 24-7 doing a lot of you know, general, general NFL news. I'm helping a lot with the Los Angeles Rams beat now, uh, especially with their playoff push they've got coming up. There's going to be a lot more content coming from that section. And uh, you can find me always on comicbook.com. Myself, Ryan, and Jack Snodgrass, we give you some of the best wrestling content you can find on the internet. Damn right. Can't disagree with that. Justin, where can we find you? Tell the listeners. Normally in my PJs on my couch watching (laughs) Coen Brothers movies. (laughs) Did you see the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Not yet. I was actually, I I probably won't be able to this weekend. Next week. Next week, I'm going to watch it. It's It's a great, just you got nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon, just kickback for a few hours actually this monday instead of watching watching raw i watched i re watched uh, uh no country no country for old men nice oh yeah that's a good one all right well and as always at top rove nation you can find me at historical ryan and like connor said comicbook.com for all the analysis and uh we will certainly be back with you next week uh we haven't even really talked about a tlc post show so i'll be talking with justin about that and kyle in the coming days and maybe get some guest hosts on that one but if not we should be back with you next week so that would be episode 81 thanks for joining us for episode 80 so for connor casey and justin joint i am ryan drosty check you guys next time